McGregor vs. Poirier 3 is all set for UFC 264, and DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC, has a knockout offer for this weekend's fight. DraftKings is offering 264 to 1 odds on a knockout in the first round during Saturday's main event. If the rubber match ends in a first round knockout, you walk away with the cash. Just pick the main event fighter you think will win by first round knockout, and DraftKings Sportsbook will give you 264 to 1 odds on that fighter. That's right, bet $1 McGregor or Poirier to win by first round knockout. You win $264. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. Don't worry if MMA isn't for you. DraftKings Sportbooks offers great odds and promotions on basketball, hockey, and so much more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $264 when you bet on a main event fighter to win by first round knockout. Uh, place your bet and watch the fist fly this weekend. That's code TBPN to turn $1 into $264 only. At DraftKings Sportsbook, must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash for details. So here's the thing. The other ad reads we've done on UFC, at least I had some baseline, but these two I was just flying blind. I've no, not heard of either fighter. No, one of them's good. One of them's big. McGregor. Gregor? McGregor. Oh, you haven't heard of Gregor? No, I've heard, of course I've heard of McGregor. I'm not well, living under go. a rock. It's the guy he's fighting that I don't that I don't know. Yeah, I mean Gregor, right. He he's a legend. Yeah. Do you know what style of fighting he does? No. You don't Do you? I don't know. What are the options? Well, there's... Uh, Kaji Kimbo. No. What is the one that, like, virtually all of them did when we were when we were in, like, high school, college, when, like, we knew people who were into right. it? Not Taekwondo. Like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? Oh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, that sounds... What, what happened to... I, I mean, call me old-fashioned, but what happened to karate? <laughs> <laughs> Remember when karate was king in Albuquerque? Yeah, you, yeah. You, you couldn't spit without hitting a dojo. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess it's just not um, – it's not the best martial art for, like, <laughs> getting somebody in the groin and punching them until they pass out. <laughs> Are you allowed to beat someone into unconsciousness in Ultimate Fighter? You're not just allowed, William. <laughs> that is one of the primary ways you can win. The other way, I think, is to make them – like, death. Ta- yeah. <laughs> is to like – is to like make them tap out, but that's the same thing. Like it's like I need to tap out because otherwise I'm going to lose consciousness. So, Simon, <laughs> as you may recall from Atlantic City, uh-huh. I am open to alternative sports. <laughs> okay, like, very like, open. We don't sports. need to live under a hegemony of the NBA, the NFL, and the MLB any longer. I just feel like those sports should look something a little more like cornhole and a little less like fighting to the death. <laughs> <laughs> There's just something too late Roman Empire about that being <laughs> our our new national sport. Yeah. 
I, although, I mean, I know you're on a Roman Empire kick right now after our stay at Caesars. Exactly. All things Roman. <laughs> All things Roman. Uh, um, okay, shall we get started here? Yes. Thanks for being willing to do this so quickly. No problem. I felt I had very little choice. Yeah, you had no choice, honestly. Uh, I was going <laughs> to throw a huge fit if you weren't up for it. So, <laughs> <laughs> What are you doing later today? Nothing. We're going on a walk and eating some Chinese leftovers that we got last night. Excellent. Excellent. What about you? Welcoming the bride home. I imagine with, uh, sorry, I just called it the bride. That's a weird <laughs> thing. Uh, with uh, a trail of, of, of roses. Yes. A trail a of rose roses petals, and also, rose petals. Rose petals. Right. Rose petals that lead to um, the um, cat litter box that the thing that we put the his like refuse in. Uh-huh. Like I, something, I did something wrong and now there's like little flakes of like cat litter bits on the inner bag thing that I can't I don't know what to do so I need her help right. <laughs> hey baby follow the rose petals to this tremendous mess I've made in the last few days <laughs> An unintentional mess my baby but uh, I missed you my baby my baby <laughs> how is your how is your day off been your solo it, uh, day unbelievable uh <laughs> Well, Friday, I've had two now. This is my second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Friday, you know, I had to work. Sure. Saturday, so, you know, but perfectly good. And today, William, so here's the thing. Like, I think both Hillary and I would, left to our own devices, stay up until like 6 a.m. every night because, <laughs> like, that's what we both do when we're when we're alone. Yeah. Uh, so that's exactly what I did last night. <laughs> Just, like, not doing anything. Like, I wasn't partying. Right. It uh, was the 70th episode of Friends in a row that you exactly. couldn't turn off. It was, it was, I don't remember if Chandler uh, gets this uh, – right. gets out of the, the closet can where he, he's uh, – Right. Can he, can he get the coffee stain out of his tie or not? <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. It wasn't doing anything interesting or debaucherous, but um, but yeah. And then so I slept until like 1.38 p.m. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I will say when I r rung yet about two, it, it did have a sound of maybe someone I'd just woken up. <laughs> Dave and I were snoozing. <laughs> well, that's nice. You, you deserve it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I, I know you think waking up late is a sign of... Um, of uh, stunted adulthood. <laughs> no, no. I genuinely envy people who can sleep past, <laughs> really, 7.30 at this point. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't you welcome people back? Folks, you better welcome back to another episode of Maybe Next Time. <laughs> I am your host, William, with my co-host, uh, Simon McCormack. Nets Nation, it's sign or trade time. <laughs> we are back as we are each and every unrelenting week to talk all things Nets Nation. And Simon, I know we've been talking quite a lot about the Roman Empire. How would you say the current state of the Nets Empire is doing? Uh, probably late stage. <laughs> I mean, we have like maybe one year. 
of good times. You, you don't right. think you don't think we're going to get those extensions going this year? Well, first of all, no, except maybe Kyrie. And um, I am increasingly, especially after reading that book, can't knock the hustle. Yeah, uh, I'm increasingly convinced that um, Kyrie Irving will be a net until he retires from basketball, which could be before could be next, next season. Yeah. <laughs> could be before the end of this podcast. Yeah. Um, but be that as it may, whatever the timing of it may be, one year or ten years, um, it will be in a Nets jersey that he played in last. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. There's something that something that just fits fits him like a glove over here. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that's uh. So things are not going. So things in Nets Nation are not as rosy as 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 they were in say prime Roman Empire years. Right. Say like game two of the Milwaukee series. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was. That was the reign of uh, what Augustus was he the most prosperous and uh, I really don't know Roman history. Same here. We're not gonna. I'm not gonna be able to give you much better than that. Um, <laughs> now the Bucks are on the precipice of making it to the finals over a massively depleted uh, Hawks team. How yes. do, how does that make your heart feel? Uh, terrible. I mean, I I. I you know who knows? I mean, a grade two sprain—that was the thing that, that that like they 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 were willing to um, release after the fact was was James Harden had a grade two um, strain like that could take well into the next series to um, to recover from, and that's assuming there aren't there isn't a setback. So after learning that, I'm a little less sure that we. You know what I mean? Like, we basically had one guy by, by the end of, like, game seven. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, with a lot of minutes under his belt. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Who was who? Steve Nash had basically committed to playing 48 minutes for the rest of the playoffs. So, um, you know, that's that's tough, tough stuff. But, I mean, that said, yeah, Milwaukee doesn't have Giannis and still one, so... You know, definitely would have liked to see our fucking shot, our our uh, chances with with Atlanta. I definitely think that would have been at bet at least a competitive series. Yes, absolutely agree. It makes it 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 makes me anyway plunge deeper and deeper into one of those five stages of grief that we we discussed in depth last episode. <laughs> uh, possibly the stage grief. <laughs> The stages of grief, including grief, <laughs> that we discussed. Yes, absolutely. You're in deep grief, grief stage. So this week, Nets Nation, lit loyal listeners, beloved listeners, I think it's safe to say at this point that each and every one of you is a beloved listener of, of Nets Nation. Uh, we have, in spite of there really not being much Nets news, and if there is Nets news, I personally am not aware of it. Uh, we, we nonetheless have an extremely action-packed show for you, in large part thanks <laughs> to a mailbag sent from friend of the show, longtime listener, uh, IRL JZ, Simon. So he sent us in a bunch of questions, which we will get to a few of this episode and a few of next time, and then... 
I'd say 28 minutes from now, approximately, give or take 13 seconds. Um, <laughs> we will turn to a little look-see into Phoenix Sun legend Thunder Dan Marley. <laughs> <laughs> and the restaurant he's opened up in downtown Phoenix, there's obviously a couple other locations, one in Flagstaff and some other place I, I can't remember uh, but we'll be going to downtown phoenix it's a city near and dear to simon's heart it's a player near and dear to simon's heart if i'm not mistaken uh no that is actually i think you are somewhat mistaken i i have no knowledge or i i was a post marley sons fan. i was a huge dan marley fan oh so he's near and dear to your heart yeah big dan thunder dan fan uh, a lot of my my eighth grade game was based on on Dan Marley, <laughs> <laughs> which is to say I missed every clutch shot I ever took. <laughs> but he was feisty, that old Dan Marley. Yeah, he really really shit the bed when it counted, though, in the playoffs. No. Hey, well, yeah, he had a, a lot he of had a, he like had a, he had a, a touch of the Joe Harris in him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah, a lot of shooters are are like that. So thank you, J- IRLJZ, for sending these questions. Simon, would you encourage other listeners to send us similar questions? Yes, please, people. We, especially in the off season, we we got a brain, but you know, need a little help with it. Um, <laughs> a little something to jog it into action. Yeah, j- jog it in. Give, give us something to work with here. Uh, I have toyed with the idea of just doing a mumbling or silent podcast uh, yeah. at some point. Yeah. So it's going to get to that point. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> yeah, we, we can begin recording at noon on a weekend. And so it'll literally just be me talking to a sleeping Simon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you? Yeah, yeah. We watched an episode of Nathan for you before, right? <laughs> I maybe. Anyway, what was that? He's like this this uh, guest comedian, but very much in the same way that you know you or I think that we're funny. <laughs> um, just very, very off putting and weird. Uh, so he did this bit. He like the, the, the conceit of the show is that he is going to help businesses like r- do some gimmick that's going to draw on a bunch of new customers. Oh yes, yes, yes. yes. I've heard of it. I don't so, think we've actually watched it. And one of them, he, he, <laughs> he goes in for a job interview and he has a little, um, ear, ear, piece in his ear uh-huh. and he like in one of them he lets someone else who's not there like dictate what his responses are going to be <laughs> and then uh so they do that then he then he has one where like i think a baby is doing the responses and he's you know so he's sort of you know mumbling or not really saying full sentences to the woman who's interviewing him <laughs> in good faith and, oh, yeah, then, no, we, yeah. and then the final one he does there's a tortoise Dictating what he does. So he literally just sits there in silence as the woman reads through her interview questions. We did watch this. I'm sorry I didn't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's what's coming, listeners. If you don't if you don't uh, send in your mailbag questions to maybe next time at Twitter, on Instagram or at Gmail dot com, a very popular uh, email service provided Ah, gratis by our friends over at <laughs> Do No Evil Google. 
should be noted so that so that we can't be accused of um, misleading our listeners. They have dispensed with that uh, internal slogan of Dude right, right. about a decade ago. <laughs> That would just that would just leave everyone there laughing uproariously. <laughs> if they tried to reinstitute it. Yeah. Um, all right. So the first mailbag we're going to get to from IRL Jay Z. Thank you, IRL Jay Z. Uh, is this? He would like us to give our 2020-2021 season superlatives. So I remember, I think it was last year, he sent us a bunch of very fun superlatives um, to do at season's end. Like, most likely to, um, you know, want to split a Chilean sea bass with you or something like that. Um, and, And we did them this year. This was a suggestion, and I have come up with a few superlatives for Simon and I to go through for our beloved Brooklyn Nets. Let's start with the first one, Simon. Most likely net to finish their career in Brooklyn. Yes. So I know you've had ample time to reflect (laughs) upon this very, very pressing question. Who did you ultimately come up with? I, I think it's what we talked about, and I, I never know when you've started recording or not, but what we may have already talked about on this podcast, depending on when you um, press record, uh, <laughs> I think it's Kyrie Irving. Um, I think that guy, as you said, could be uh, could, could be a very, very short rest of his career, but whatever it is, it's going to be w- with the Nets, I, I, I do believe. All right, I've got a slightly more optimistic one than that. Although, okay. you know, that's not the, the worst thing. Say if Kyrie plays another seven years and, you know, uh, is decent for any of that. Though I know neither of us are huge Kyrie fans. But mine, I'm going to say in the most optimistic uh, mode possible that it's going to be Nick Claxton. Oh, interesting. So that would mean that... He develops quite a lot next year, I would imagine, right? And and becomes an integral part of this team, so much so that as the three superstars that we have now begin to fade, perhaps Nick Claxton begins to assume the mantle of sort of leader of the Nets, and we have this organic, homegrown, Giannis-esque superstar that we get to build the team around long into the future. I have high hopes for Nick Claxton. He can dribble the ball. He can, he can sh- surely develop a shot at some point. His free throws wouldn't suggest so, but um, <laughs> but the guy can do it all, and I think he could be a building block of the future for this team. Okay, well that is truly optimistic. All From right. Nick Claxton to Giannis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next superlative: most likely to be more famous for their post-playing career than their playing career. You want to go out first on this one? Yes. For me, this was an easy one. Uh, it is Spencer Dinwiddie mm. uh, because, I mean, he's still a net for now. Um, I I think he, he does – I mean, with the cryptocurrency and, like, you know, he, he, he has, like, an interesting – way of thinking about things not not as interesting as he thinks it is but still 
I think, you know, genuinely the guy does see things a bit differently. Uh, you know, he created his own shoe company when like no one wanted to give him a shoe. He's yes. Did the cryptocurrency thing. He tried to turn his contract into a cryptocurrency vehicle. Um, and I think that that sort of thing, I mean, especially assuming that he gets a pretty sizable contract next year, which seems likely, um, he'll have some more money to kind of, uh, you know, venture out into. And, and maybe those will lead to spectacular failures. We've talked about how maybe he might, um, get in his own way in terms of his own sort of self, um, assuredness about his, his ventures. But I think there's a, decent chance, you know, all basically everyone is like that. Who's in like a venture capitalist mood, right. And, and mode. And many of them flame out. Many of them are actually should be flaming out, but somehow managed to secure so much money that they can't flame out. See like we work or whatever. Um, and then like, then there's people who are actually do succeed. So I, I think he has a, he has a chance to, to be more famous for those. Things. Yeah, no, I could see him being sort of like the first, uh, quote unquote, like self-made NBA billionaire, not one who got it through endorsements or through huge, huge contracts, but was able to use their business acumen to take the money he earned in basketball to sort of balloon it into some yeah massive fortune later on in life. I could also see him having sort of like, regardless of whether or not he, he actually does become a billionaire, becoming like a Trump-esque billionaire, right? Where like, it's like, yeah, he's worth $7 billion. All right. But who says that? Like, right. is that like, I could just see, I could just see Spencer Dinwiddie coming up with a number of different valuations for himself that may or may not correlate in any real way with, uh, with reality. Right. My, yeah. my most, uh, likely to be famous for their post playing career, a tough one, Blake Griffin, very famous Ooh. basketball players, high flying stud first pick in the draft, um, has had some very high highs, but He's also always had ambitions beyond the court. He already has a television show. Granted, it's a prank show, which, uh, you know, is basically the lowest form of... Uh, like it's not, it's a reality show, but it's worse than just re- like the concept isn't cool. It's just you doing something mean to someone, which <laughs> is um, yeah, pretty low, but... That's that is you know he's got a show already and he's still playing basketball and, and uh, he's pranking prankers and he's William, pranking so prankers okay. yeah he's the Robin Hood of pranksters <laughs> and uh, I think you know that that his his role in Hollywood is just going to grow as he has more time to devote to that yeah uh, your most frustrating net I'm gonna I'm gonna just get this out there it's it's Kyrie Irving. Oh, okay. I I would okay. Go ahead. Is Sorry. that is that not yours? Mine actually is presently Joe Harris. Oh, uh, interesting. Just just because again we've talked about it. I, I you know he was so good for the regular season and so bad in the at least the Bucks series that it was so frustrating. I mean Kyrie's gonna Kyrie. He's gonna get hurt very easily. He's gonna have headlines. So I guess maybe it's just that. I'm so used to the baseline of Kyrie, right? Um, but I, your answer totally makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I think we've been we've been over it so much. Why he's why Kyrie is frustrating to be a fan of uh, that we don't need to go into it in too much depth. But the the very short version is, um, 
he is perpetually co-opting the narrative of whatever's happening with this team with some maddeningly bizarre news story about his own like personal drama, which is, uh, is, is tough to tough to like. So speaking of likable next superlative, Simon, most likable versus most lovable. So, I'm going to go first on this one just to give you a kind of an idea of what, where I was thinking uh, uh-huh. on the, what I was thinking on this one. So my most likable is KD, right? It's impossible okay. not to like having a guy on your team who can very, very nearly single-handedly beat the second best team in the conference, right? Uh-huh. He's an extraordinary basketball player. Um, I know that, like, you wouldn't want to be on the receiving end of one of his insane um, DM, you know, right, rants. Right, sure, sure. But, like, I like his persona. He does seem like a chill guy. He seems, like, genuinely um, bizarre in a way that oftentimes I feel like Kyrie seems a bit more affected. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and, yeah, I just, you know, I really really like KD but I I don't feel like I could ever love KD because KD just seems like godly you know like he's Uh he's he's so far removed from anything I could ever imagine being that it's it's very difficult to love that but I like it I admire it I respect it I'm very glad he's on our team versus the most lovable guy on the team for me Simon is and it might be the same for you Bruce Brown Mm. right we have the smallest center in the league. He is the scrappiest <laughs> guy. He's just always coming up with like clutch offensive rebounds amidst guys that are almost a foot taller than him. He's just ripping down boards. He's an energy guy. He does it all on defense. He'll guard anyone on the court. Um, and he leaves it all on the court. And you're just like, th- you know, that is someone that I feel is really easy to love. Yeah. No, I, I, so, and this is, this, I'm not just, uh, <laughs> I'm not just copping out here. I had those two players and I just flipped them. Um, I, I, so, um, to me, I, I love KD just because of how I, I love him because of his godlike way, the way that you, you, you know, sort of unconditionally and unquestioningly love a God that love, you don't understand. Right, the the U.S. You government. Yes, you love the U.S. government <laughs> as well. Um, tomorrow we'll be really loving the flag. Yes, the v- <laughs> worship the flag, know the flag. Um, to flag thy own flag be true. Right, um, and then for Bruce Brown, all all the things you you just said uh, are are, Make are him exactly like him. right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Uh, next superlative, best net. To have as an accomplice in a saloon robbery. Mm. So as listeners of our podcast may know, last week we delved into an incredibly elaborate plan, two incredibly (laughs) elaborate plans, to rob our own saloon. Uh-huh. Yours was far more elaborate. Mine was far more elaborate, involving face augmentation and a number of (laughs) wires that... (laughs) Needed to be just so. Uh, But what I found in mine, as fun as it was to pull it off and to ultimately end with a a Miles Turner robbery, um, I felt like it would have been even nicer if I had had an accomplice in my saloon robbery. Right? Mm. Um, And for me, there's no one better to have in a saloon robbery than a sharpshooter. 
right? Okay. Okay. Uh, right. Just in case, just in case, Simon, anyone makes any furtive movements, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to want a sharpshooter there to take care of that person. So for me, that's Landry Shamit. I don't oh. trust. I don't trust Joe Joe Harris to to be able to shoot to kill if there's a furtive movement made. But exactly. I feel like Shamit's got a little more ice in his veins, which is so weird, right? It's just I mean, really Shamit, sad. Yeah. Shamit looked like he was in his head in like early regular season. Yeah, we had we we thought we had a, an Alan Crab 2.0 on our hands. Yeah, but he he ended up showing he had like the 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 weird, you know, in the press like. You know, you just got to eliminate memory and believe that you're a god and all the things he was saying aloud, you know, seemed to actually have have uh, made an impact on him. He got over it. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't like spectacular, but he was much better than than Joe. Than Joe. Yeah. <laughs> so who would you like in your saloon uh, robbery accomplice? Thank, thank you for asking, William. For me. It's got to be Kyrie Irving, and here's why. Because there are certain people in life, we all know them in our own personal lives, who inevitably get what they want. Like there's just some somehow, some way, and it's, it's not necessarily just that they like, I, I don't know, have like more money or something so they get what they want. It's, it's like somehow just weirdly, like even in a situation where it might be difficult, they just get what they want. And to me, Kyrie is that person, and that's the kind of person that I kind of want to hitch my star to um, when I'm robbing banks because I just have this, like, innate feeling that things will work out. Right. And you think that your own luck, probably, you wouldn't be able to pull off a, a saloon heist. No, I'm I'm not good with saloon heists. <laughs> All right. Um Gonna skip the next one. Go to the, go to most likely to listen to this podcast. Which okay. net is most likely to listen to this podcast? Do you have one? Uh, I'm gonna say Kevin Durant because oh, he right. yeah. enjoys all content. Him, no matter <laughs> how totally insignificant. Which, of course, is not what I'm saying about this podcast. No heavens, no. But, um, you know, uh, I, th- I think he could listen genuinely. Wow, that would be insane if you ever listened to this podcast. If you're listening, <laughs> Kevin, hit us up. Maybe next time at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, we would love to to know you're, you're out there. Yeah. Send, send us a, a proof photo, too, so we know it's you. Yeah. <laughs> Hold up today's paper. Uh, <laughs> mine's going to be Kenny Atkinson. Oh, because I mean, for especially before we got James Harden, this podcast had taken a dark turn. We <laughs> were we were out on the nets, and I think that that might have provided some sort of support for Kenny Atkinson and his exile and banishment from this team. Mm. Uh, final one: most likely to win an MVP award. Ah, right. Okay. Uh, for me, Simon, that's going to be James Harden winning his second MVP. I guess the logic would be that next season Kyrie and KD have a similarly injury-ridden season mm-hmm. um, where James Harden ends up having to carry this team. Leads us to something like 
the first place seed in the East and the presumptive favorites to win the entire thing and does it with his, you know, insane scoring and assisting and James Harden stuff. So I can right. see him getting a second MVP in, in Brooklyn. And perhaps the you know the the um, tempers may have cooled from the uh, from the anger from him uh, forcing his way out of Houston. Right, exactly. Um, what are you munching? You got carrots? I, I decided right now I was going to eat a fruit by the foot. It's an impulsive <laughs> decision. Our listeners are certainly not going to be happy about it, folks. Why I have a fruit by the foot in my yeah. home is a a rather yeah. alarming question. Yeah, no kidding. Um, save it for October, William. Um, uh, so, for me, it's very distracting to think about anything other than mm. you tearing off strip after strip. I, I'm on. I'm on foot one and a half <laughs> of a six footer. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not six, is it? I thought it was six feet. Yeah. I thought it was three. Maybe it's just three feet. I mean, three is good. These are three. Knock, these are knockoff fruit by the foot. Oh. They're Welch's fruit by the foot. Oh. I can't. They don't even put the foot count on here. Yeah. Well, you get what you pay for. Uh. So. Fruit by I, the foot's better, by the way. Don't get the Welch's brand. Uh, I w- you wouldn't know that from how how much you're stuffing in your uh, <laughs> your maw here on this the pod. This is insane. Very <laughs> impulsive. This, is, this isn't very good. <laughs> really, you're better off not eating it. <laughs> so I would say the most like <laughs> on foot four here. The, mo- <laughs> the most likely to win an MVP award for me, William. It's not a particularly interesting answer. But it is Kevin Durant. Again, you hit the nail on the head there. Health, huge issue. Health plus Nets super protection, um, which I think they they make up for how unbelievably reckless they are with how many minutes he gets in the playoffs, with how very protective they are of him in the regular season. Um, So huge question marks, but he just, I mean, he'll be another year older. Um, but he was just so great. Like to me, he was the MVP of the playoffs that he was for sure. Apart. Isn't it insane that we are now genuinely asking the question who could potentially win the MVP <laughs> award? And we're able to put forth two extremely legitimate uh, answers <laughs> to that. Like, I would imagine both of those guys are going to definitely be in the top 10 Vegas odds preseason next year, if not the top five. Yeah, like I agree. in previous seasons, it would just be like I don't know, maybe Jared Allen's going to break out. <laughs> right. Like, well, I always thought Karras <laughs> was going to be. Well, of you course, know, yes. Uh, the idiot contingency within Net Station has always <laughs> been high on Karras Levert. If he just fixes his efficiency a bit, gets the line a little <laughs> more and a little more efficiently, he's an MVP. Like, the guy can score. Did you listen? Uh, did you listen to the most recent um, Bill Simmons Russo show? No. Uh, they they draft like duos in the NBA that they would most want on their team. Anyway, when they get to Indiana, it's uh, Lavert is not in the duo. It's um, 
Sabonis and Brogdon. But um, Ryan Russo – is it Ryan Russo? Is Why am I saying Ryan Russillo. Russillo. Ryan Russillo. Ryan Russo. Is wait. The, it, Rucco is the – Rucco, yeah. yeah. Russillo and Rucco. Uh, so Russillo says some pretty some pretty mean things about about Karis LeVert. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> And believe it or not, people outside Nets Nation aren't as enamored of Carrots Levert. <laughs> I know it's hard to hear. I know it's hard the to hear. The Pacers got a steal. All right, we're moving on to the next mailbag question. Simon, this one's directed at you. Does Simon want to revisit the subject of Steve Nash one year in? How does this season experience inform his fandom? Thank you. Thank you so much for the question uh, and the memory. Um, IRLJZ, uh, of me liking Steve Nash and, uh, <laughs> thanks for the memories, IRLJZ. Thank you for the memories. I have very few these days that I'm <laughs> currently forming. Right, so that you're, that you're confident will remain as memories. <laughs> um, so it's great to have other people out there to kind of jog me. Um, no, I, I, I am very pleased with Steve Nash. I, 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 you know, he, he certainly has his flaws. The timeout thing is weird that he never calls them, including with 10 seconds to go in the final game of the season. Um, I think he leaned a little too hard into the D'Antoni mode of um, playing like six people um, in in the, the playoffs, especially later parts of, of, of the second round. But like ultimately – I think those are nitpicking. Like I, I do. I, I think that the guy, you know, will will never really be able to tell exactly how much was um, his very very strong bench of uh, of assistant coaches. But like he was making great um, adjustments. He had, you know, the we we, we suffered through some some early um, some early bumps with our switching defense. But ultimately, like I think it was pretty clear that was a good move to, to institute early on. Um, because it was, you know, it, it helped turn a pretty not good defense into at least a passable defense that had we had another offensive weapon, um, could, could have, I think could have, um, put us, you know, in, in a position to, to, to go very far in the, in the playoffs. Um, and yeah, just, you know, has a good attitude on the bench. Like, I think it is really. I, I, I'm not saying a fiery coach has never won an NBA championship, but like it does seem like anecdotally disproportionately like your more relaxed, uh, chilled out coach tends to be tends to be a, a better um, playoff coach uh, temperament wise. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty pleased. How about you? Well, Simon, I know you're not into the supernatural. Right. No, but I'm open. I'm curious. <laughs> Natural curious. Right. But. Do how do you feel about the idea of being cursed? <laughs> I feel extremely into that. <laughs> I totally because yes, I... because Steve Nash had some really 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 great teams that he was on and as and you were fans <laughs> of, and they never quite made it right. They yeah. he definitely never won a champion. Never got to the finals even, and yeah. there was always a reason why. Like the time that he got hip checked and then Amari Stoudemire got you know thrown out for the next game. There's mm-hmm. just there's always something that happens 
to derail the inevitable of him getting his championship. Now, I'm not saying that he genuinely is cursed and he will never win a championship, but I mean, so it, it kind of felt like this team was cursed in the playoffs this year. <laughs> yeah, well, also the Nets are cursed. We've been since long before Steve Nash was ever a part of the conversation. The well, Nets have been cursed, right? But maybe is it one of those things where two negatives equal a positive? Could this could the the curses cancel themselves out? Yeah, it could. Um, I would say this season is a great example of the opposite. <laughs> of how they can just compound <laughs> the negative into more negative. I mean, a great example. <laughs> wow, what a good example. <laughs> All right, final mailbag question. Barclays pre-post-COVID, what changes ought to stay, what things ought to go? Now... Long-time listeners of the show will know that we have basically never had anything nice to say about the experience of Barclays Center. It has always been uh, needlessly difficult to get through the metal detectors and into the stadium. The lines are always massive. The ordeal of of um, taking everything out and getting the little wand over you has always been, you know, at best invasive. Uh, and then they extort you once you're in there and make you feel like a complete idiot for having thought maybe this would be a nice thing to go do. Um in its defense, I will say this year when capacity was uh, reduced slightly, it was easier getting in. Mm-hmm. It was easier getting in. So in that, that is one thing I'd like to see. I mean, I would prefer, obviously, if it were easier still and imagine, you know, as one of the smaller arenas in the league that they could find a way to get people in more efficiently. But I will give them a little bit of credit in that it was slightly easier to get in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the prices, however, are even more extortionate than they were before. It was correct. it was so unpleasant to pay $15 for a Coors Light again. Yes, Co- correct. Correct, Amundo. Uh, any other changes that you thought that you noticed? Oh, the um, Jack Daniel stands closed. Change that back to the way it used to be. Yeah, no kidding. So yes, I I agree with you. There seems to be more entrances that have opened, um, which I think has helped. And I could be wrong, but it seemed like the um, level of um, the level of wanding and like harsh uh, Guantanamo Bay. Uh, tactics had lessened <laughs> right. right the probing um, it, yes it didn't seem quite as oppressive in terms of the, the security um trying to make sure you don't bring in a lighter or whatever um <laughs> but so yes i agree with you there i i, I yeah I, I think that um that was replaced in frustration by at least early on even after they had it had very much increased capacity there's still like tons of places not open. So there were massive, massive lines for, for food or drink. There was like almost no place where you could just get a drink, um, which meant you were waiting in line with people who wanted like three chicken tender baskets and you know, whatever. Um, and oven oven baked pizza. Exactly. So that was a right. which uh, people who know anything about pizzas know that they aren't exactly as, as, you can't just pop them in the microwave. It's just crazy to me that this place, this place is brand fucking new. 
How yeah. is it not designed to make all of the like the whole point of you is to be able to service as many people as possible for these very limited brief engagements. If you just yeah. have these massive lines, they're losing out on so much. Yes, and that is that was a great example of total self-infliction because you could see gathering dust and in the darkness <laughs> all of the little drink stands that just weren't in operation. Like they were there. Right. Um, <clears throat> they just were not um, manned. Missed opportunities, Josiah. Do you think Josiah's a listener? No. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, yes to Kevin Durant. Right. No. To we Josiah. should try to get Josiah on the podcast. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, he, we, he could use the. the you, mi- you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take, right? Um, that is so true. <laughs> All right. Well, that is going to cover it for the mailbag. Thanks again for sending them. Please send more people to all the various places we've said. Maybe next time at anywhere you can at someone. Um, we're going to turn now at minute 44 to a little place Simon came up with called Marley's. <laughs> <laughs> Now, one of the most fun aspects of Dan Marley is the spelling and then pronunciation of his last name. Yes, absolutely. So the spelling of his last name, Marley, is M-A-J-E-R-L-E-S. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Mar. wait. Or is there not an S at the end? No, there's no S. Okay, it's, so, it's, it, there's an S because it's Marley's. Right, because it's possessive. Right, right, right. So, M A J E R L E, Marley. Uh, Majerle, I think, was how one mm-hmm. might mispronounce it. Uh-huh. Uh, had you not been a huge fan <laughs> of the Phoenix Suns in the 1990s, like Simon and I were. <laughs> Again, I have. Uh... So tell us, Simon, tell us a little bit about why we're going to Marley's right now. Well, great question, and thank you. So we, the, the Suns are in the finals. Uh, uh, truly, if there's a team that had the opposite of Steve Nash, um, Nash's luck, it is the Phoenix Suns, um, who have basically waltzed into the, uh, into the finals. Um, so we thought we'd go to a restaurant in Phoenix, home of the Suns. And honestly, William, I, I will say just for the record, I wanted so badly to go to Stoudemire's downtown. Oh, yeah. Um, which was a restaurant that he hoped that uh, Amari Stoudemire opened up while he was with the Suns. Um, and actually, my dad and I actually went there IRL. Oh, cool. Uh, but do, you, do you remember uh, what you got? No, I, I don't. Okay. Um, it was pretty generic, um, like kind of semi fancy ish, um, like American food. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> I think you literally just described the place we're going right now. Uh, no, no, no. It didn't have any wacky, fun names. It didn't have any. Oh, okay. It was just a, like, it was a straight shooter. It was exactly. It was like a kind of tr- like semi upscale. Oh uh, wow! Yeah. Uh, it is closed. It has been closed for quite some time. 
Um, so I didn't feel right going to a closed restaurant. We had done that before, but we have. I think but more recently not. closed. More recently closed. Right. Um, okay, so we want to get into the heads of an NBA potential champion, the Phoenix Suns, and the only way to do that is to hit up Marley's Sports Grill. Obviously, uh, quick question: since you are the authority on Thunder Dan Marley, Simon, is he an evangelical Christian? And I don't know. I, I will tell you why I ask. Okay. Um, there doesn't <laughs> appear to be alcohol on this menu. Oh, you're right. So I'm just and wondering. it's a barn grill. Right. Right. I'm just wondering if that is, that's just even... a commonplace in, uh, in, in middle America or, I mean, this isn't <laughs> really middle America, but it is very, you know, Phoenix is a very suburban-y town, it feels like. Yeah, there's a photo of, like, a kind of a blurry beer um, in here. So I think they must serve alcohol, but they certainly don't tout it. No, they they definitely don't. Um, So we'll just just say that we're each having a, a drink, right? That, that's yes. assumed. I'll, I'll have a refreshing Budweiser. Yeah, I'll have an ice-cold Bud, too. Um, cheers, Simon. Cheers. Uh, but let's get to the starters. And you're right. They have some extremely fun names. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got to give it to them. Um, I'm going to get the Slam Dunk Shrimp. Oh, that's what I was going to get. Oh. No, uh, go for it. Yeah, it sounds great. Well, these are tempura shrimp. Um, tossed in your choice of sauce. Um, no idea what the sauces are, uh, unless they mean ranch or blue cheese, but I kind of don't. I feel like they are tossing it in a sauce and then you're dipping. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, it's definitely a different, a different sauce. Maybe it's like the wings sauce. Yeah. The sauces for the various wings. That could be. Um, all right, I mean, I'm gonna get. Sounds great. Like I said, it's what it what I, it is. What I was going to get. Um, instead, however, I will be getting Madison's skins for twelve dollars. Melty cheddar, crisp bacon, chives, and sour cream. As unbelievably good as that description sounds, it doesn't answer my one main question about this item, which is, who or what is Madison? I think, William, this is, I mean, great question. And you're hitting on a big, broad theme of this place, which is a lot of names that I have no idea. Are they Baxter's boneless buffalo wings? Who, pray tell, is Baxter? And is it, at first I was like, oh, these must be like basketball players. And maybe they are, William, but... They are not basketball players' names that are immediately apparent to me. No, and I suspect, Eva's pretzel bites. Right. So I suspect these are people who who are tied to the Marley family. <laughs> the right, the enormous evangelical Christian family. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's we've talked about it before. It's always absurd when restaurants do this and and name things after people that nobody knows. Madison's uh, it, skins. It tells you nothing about the item. Right. Because you don't know Madison or their predilections or <laughs> their... Right, you know and when I, you're associating a person with skins, that's also kind of creepy. Right, right. It has a, a, like a, a whiff of cannibalism about it. Right. Are you eating Baxter? <laughs> and his boneless did, wings. Did Madison 
kill Baxter <laughs> and serve him to you. With... And, and where was Eva when all this happened? <laughs> exactly. And did you choose ranch or blue cheese to eat him with? <laughs> okay. Um, what are you going to get for your main? For me, William, it's got to be uh, – wait, I, I, Murph's Mac and Cheese Burger. <laughs> Murph. This is a burger. This is Murph. <laughs> Murph's mac and cheese. It's fourteen seventy five, and uh, the first thing you got to know about Murph's mac and cheese is we miss you, Murph. <laughs> okay, again, I don't miss him. I don't know anything about him. He probably isn't reading this menu. I mean, of all the things Murph could be doing right now up in up in heaven, I doubt Marley's menu. Is really, you know, occupying his time. But maybe. Anyway, glad to know they miss you, Murph. I personally am just desperately trying to figure out what's in this burger, which is sriracha drizzle. Oh, God. Onion straws and bacon bits. Uh, in addition to mac and cheese, I assume. Presumably some mac and cheese. Presumably a, <laughs> a one-half-pound beef. beef patty. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So that's a that's like a Guy Fieri um masterpiece yeah no no the only thing that could complete that for guy would be a little donkey sauce (laughs) oh that's serious flavor brother (laughs) um all right i'm gonna go with the one guy's name on this menu who i recognize and who has a connection to the brooklyn nets the jared dudley's chicken sandwich Oh, I didn't even for see 1450, that. For 1450, Jared Dudley. Thanks for first and last name. That legitimately <laughs> helps clarify who the person you're talking about is. <laughs> right. um, Jared Dudley's chicken sandwich, beloved net, almost fought Joel Embiid, will forever be on the Mount Rushmore of Nets as a result of that. Uh, his sandwich includes, ooh, it's a healthy number. Oh, never mind. No, it's not. Uh, grilled <laughs> chicken breast, Swiss cheese, crisp bacon, avocado, tomato, and the ultimate burger topping, sprouts. <laughs> well, sandwich topping. Sorry, sandwich top. Any, yeah, sandwich, burger, whatever. <laughs> keep You're not the, a sprouts guy. Keep the sprouts away. There is no circumstance in which sprouts should be included on a sandwich or on a burger. How do you feel about them in a salad? Fine. Okay. Fine. I mean, I don't go out of my way to enjoy them, but they at least intellectually make sense in a salad. Whereas on a sandwich, they are an affront to all things that that food item is. Right. Okay. Totally fair, William. I I, got to tell you. Um. Okay, well, we have now, Simon, uh, a dessert menu. Oh, yes, the Sweets Factory. The sweet s- Factory. Oh, mine says Sweet Victory. I It says that on mine, too. I just read it incorrectly. Oh. Uh, my apologies <laughs> to I'm the listeners. I'm just illiterate now. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, some people can read a word and others change it. Um, it does say sweet victory. Okay, so there are two things, and I will. I don't want to spoil one of the two, but one is a real dud um, <laughs> of, of a dessert item. So I'll let you go first, Simon, and presumably not take the dud. But go with I'm, your heart. Go with I am going to take the dud, William, okay. and that 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 is not only because I'm selfless, <laughs> much like Thunder Dan, right? But also because I quite love 
a single scoop of vanilla ice cream, which is described as so vanilla, but so good. (laughs) I feel like that has to have been a description of Dan Marley at some point. (laughs) Otherwise, that just doesn't really make that much sense. Like, yeah, we know it's vanilla ice cream. I think, but it's weird that you, you rarely have to apologize for your own menu. Item. Right, right. Like, you're like, I'm sorry, this isn't very good, but it is good. Because <laughs> right. we added several extra O's to the so. Right, right. All right, well, I'll get the other option for over twice what you paid. Nine fifty. It's called the triple double. Something I have to imagine Dan Marley got very, very few of, if any, yes. in his career. Yeah. Um, I remember him being a spectacular shooter. Yeah. A little taller than you'd think. I think a decent enough defender. But yeah, I think again a feisty. He 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 made up for maybe his lack of athletic uh, prowess with with um, grit and hurting people. Right, right, right. So the triple-double includes a half-baked chocolate chip cookie. Love that. I love a soft cookie. Uh, Decadent vanilla ice cream, probably very similar to the single scoop you're getting, Simon. Yeah. yeah. Chocolate sauce and whipped cream. Uh, No shade at Dan Marley, but I feel like they didn't do a whole lot of thought when putting this dessert menu together. No. Well, also, is the triple double, like, the baked cookie, that's one. Right. The decadent vanilla ice cream, that's two. Yes. But then either... Those are not... That can't be a third thing in the the triple double. You're right. No, especially when there's two of them. Right. It's either a quadruple double or a double double. Yeah, you would need to do... You would need a third... Like, what could a potential thing be here? Like, a sliver of cheesecake... There. There you've got the triple, and then your double can be the sauce and the whipped cream. Right. You're welcome, Thunder Dan. We've just <laughs> just maximized your shit uh, dessert, vic- uh, your sweet victory. Your sweet victory. And then, then the beverage, menus come, be- beverage menu comes, but it's literally just soda. Now, here's one thing, though, William. It does have... Red Bull, in parentheses, flavors. Oh, nice, nice, nice. So multiple flavors of Red Bull, though a pretty bizarre way of letting the customer know that. Right. It doesn't Red detail Bull, them. It just uh, it just assumes that you're so familiar right. with the variety of Red Bull flavors we, that exist that you already have your own personal preference. We got flavors, pal. <laughs> What, speaking of someone who definitely knows a variety of Red Bull flavors and has a preference, what <laughs> is your favorite Red Bull Great flavor? Great question. I, I love the fruit punch. Oh, okay. Mmm. How, how often are you finding that around? Never. I almost never see Red Bull in parentheses flavors. Where Where did you have the fruit punch? I think at uh, Red Bull Stadium. Red Bull Stadium. Yeah, that was, God, that was a fun day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. Well, next time you're in Phoenix, Simon, would you hit up Marley's? Yes. I have been to every other restaurant in Phoenix because I've been there dozens of times with my father. God bless him. And and my mom, actually, once as well, for all for Suns games. And um, pretty, pretty sick of the uh, other options. <laughs> and what do you think? Because obviously this has given us a, a glimpse into the psychological, moral, and ethical makeup of Phoenix Suns as a basketball organization. Mm-hmm. 
what do you think this menu tells us about what could have been the team we faced in the uh, NBA Finals? I'd say they're very insular. A lot of in-jokes <laughs> with that crew. A right. tight-knit squad that doesn't really let people in. Sure. Yeah, I know. I think that's a, that's a perfect description. <laughs> Um, and they don't, you know, they, they feel absolutely no need to accommodate outsiders either. No, even at a public-facing restaurant. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all so much for listening. The final ask we have of the day, and I'll let, I'll let Simon put it to you, but it is in regards to five-star, five-star ratings. Simon? That's right. That's right. Thank you for turning it over to me and welcome listeners <laughs> to this portion of the program. You've enjoyed your DraftKings ad. You're ready to see Gregor absolutely Mick murder Gregor, someone. I think. Mick, Mick Gregor. Gregor. Right, yeah. right. Sorry, sorry. Mick Gregor. I, yeah, it's like a French name, but I didn't want to pronounce it like 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 I. No, he's he's Irish. Well, of course, McGregor's Irish. The guy he's fighting is a French oh. name. Oh, oh, I see. I was like, I don't know, William. That seems extremely British Poirier, to me. Poirier, I think, is the is the name. Poirier. But Poirier, I, I, I think, think I pronounce it Poirier. I don't know. I have no idea who this guy is. Still right. Don't. Well, it's a match to remember. But here's another thing to remember. Please give us five-star ratings wherever you get your podcast that allows you to leave those types of ratings or whatever the highest star rating. Um, it is extremely beneficial to us. Uh, increases the number of people who find our podcast and genuinely makes two people who are to say that we are insecure is like saying the ocean has a drop of water in it. Uh, it makes us feel better about ourselves and you might be, you know, brightening a day or saving a life. You might be saving a life. Okay. Let's be (laughs) honest here. Yeah, so please. Save some lives. Five star, five star. We love you. We need you, et cetera, et cetera. Simon, it has been an absolute pleasure talking with you. I can't wait to do it again in one week's time exactly. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Uh, We've got plenty more mailbags to get to, and who knows what's going to happen in that week. Maybe we'll know where Spencer's getting signed and traded by then. Um, I think we can, as Nets Nation, collectively wish the Bucks the absolute worst luck imaginable. <laughs> I hope that if they manage to get by the Hawks, they are summarily beaten to a pulp by the Phoenix Suns. No, I'm in favor of the Bucks winning. I've been saying this. Yeah, I, I, I don't listen. I I in the podcast. I, you don't you don't get to speak. No. <laughs> <laughs> as we all think, including my co-host, who I have talked to you innumerable times about. About this, <laughs> folks, it doesn't get any better off mic. <laughs> this is this is him being polite and considerate. <laughs> so, as I was saying, we all collectively despise the, the <laughs> Bucks and want them to lose badly, and to get Buck, I mean Bud, fired. Um, not really. I understand your logic. It's good logic, Simon. We should want them to win because then they'll think they're actually good, even though they're very clearly not good at all. Um, that is that is sound, and I do think that we would have a very, very easy time rolling that team where we to face them as currently constructed next year if all our team was healthy, which is um, probably the biggest if anyone could ever utter. Yeah. 
Absolutely. There ain't, a, there ain't a bigger if than that out there. So it's been great ifing with you folks, and we'll <laughs> go ahead and uh, see ya. I was tired of my lady. We'd been together too long. Like a worn out recording of a favorite song. So while she lay there sleeping, I read the paper in bed. And in the personal columns, there was this letter I read. If you like Pina Colada.